Casa ni los zapatos entran, and welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. That, by the way, is a proverb from Mexican Spanish, meaning you can't force your shoes to fit. Oh my gosh, that's true. I tried earlier today when I was putting my costume on, and it didn't work. Wow. Finally, one yeah. of your your sayings give, is sort of relevant to the current moment I'm experiencing. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah. You know who else uh, shoes didn't fit? Sergio Perez. <laughs> uh, I'm Drew Scanlon. Joining me, Danny O'Dwyer. How are you, Danny? I'm good, man. It's Halloween night here in uh, in Northern California, and I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm deep in it, my brother. I am, uh, <laughs> it's been four hours. We're recording this an hour late. Thank you very much, by the way. Um, so good. that we could uh, we could make sure that we, uh, you know, squeezed it in because I had to be my my daughter's five years old, so I'm in the eye of the storm for Halloween, <laughs> and I just spent like yeah I've been for about four hours now either either going with her from house to house or we've just spent the past hour and a half um, giving candy answering yeah, exactly doing yeah. that whole thing. And I've, I was also drinking for almost the entire time. So, wow. um, okay. so I'm both full of candy and Corona, not the virus, <laughs> the, the delicious Mexican beer. I, what a, there you go. What a, couldn't be more appropriate. The only thing, I guess I could have been eating some sort of delicious spicy Mexican candy or something that would have really yeah. brought it home. Or uh, I, th- I think um, a lot of the uh, like Day of the Dead uh, oh, yeah. Stuff that's all like hard sugar. Oh I yeah, think. that makes sense. I've always loved yeah. Dia de los Muertos. Uh, I, Halloween is like an Irish kind of thing. It's like based on this old thing, Samhain, and all bonfires and trick or treating and all that sort of stuff. But there's this uh, there's this Irish comedian called Tommy Tiernan who does a great bit about how uh, like Irish and Mexican people are incredibly similar, like big Catholic families and all this sort mm. of stuff. And the only reason Irish people aren't Mexican is that we're just we're the ones that couldn't deal with the heat or something. There's like there was like a, that's the delineation. But we've got we okay. we both have these awesome like festivals around this time of year for, you know, for celebrating the dead and stuff and eating candy. What a good time! Wow. Case in point, Pato Award. <laughs> You're right, producer award or the uh, Mexican Irish uh, restaurant I have mentioned on this podcast. I think probably numerous times at this stage, the fusion restaurant that was in my town, Paddy Gonzalez, which uh, <laughs> <right>. only, <laughs> only lasted for about six months, but perhaps my favorite restaurant name. Of it's all time. pretty on the nose, which I appreciated. I bet they had a really good stew tortada or something. <laughs> I never ate. That. Uh, Rob Zachney is on assignment this week, uh, but if you are new to this podcast, a very warm welcome to you. And if you are new to Formula One itself, we recommend listening to our preseason primer episode that assumes no prior F1 knowledge and explains how the sport works and who everybody is. So if you'd like to go back and listen to that, it's episode 216. Also, this show would not be possible without our audience over at patreon.com slash shiftf1, where every month we release an ad-free version of the podcast, along with bonus podcasts and videos exclusively for our patrons that cover racing documentaries and films, F1 video games, experiments with other racing series, and a lot of weird things. So if you would like to support hmm, support the show... Not support the so the spo. <laughs> uh, and get access to all that fun stuff. Head over to patreon.com slash shift F1 or click the link in the show notes. Uh, what's been going on this month, Danny? Uh, this month, uh, we we just published the uh, our review of the BMW f- films. This may have been our f- my favorite patron exclusive podcast we ever did. This was so is that much right? Fun. Oh my god, it's so much fun putting this together. I had no idea these things existed. These are the BMW short films that Clive Owen star- stars in. Almost all of them. Um, 
that were done that were like just insane level directors like John Frankenheimer's in there uh, uh, like um, uh, who else is in there I'm trying to it's like slip, uh, t- the candy is uh, talking Tony Scott, Tony Scott has directs one right, um, couple, Guy Ritchie yes with Madonna takes is, is in that one I guess they were trying to keep the budget down um, there's a, a lot of super interesting stuff they're all like eight minutes long and we reviewed something like was it tw- 10 i think in the end we, we i think 10 yeah. yeah so a lot of fun so if you want to check that out um we've links to all the videos uh, as well in the uh in the patreon post so you can check that out, check those out over on the patreon before i mention all the incredible title sponsors i do want to mention as well that the intro music this week was a little bit different you might have just heard it we don't actually play the intro music when we're recording this so we didn't mm. hear it but i'm editing this later on so i want to give a shout out to nick kaliznik who put together our Shift F1 Mexico theme based off the conversation we had last week where Rob was talking about them using the uh, the, mar- the full mariachi band for for um, the theme uh, on the official. The F1 theme. Yeah, yeah. So uh, much appreciated, our Shift F1 Mexico theme. There will be a link in the show notes to, um, to that as well. So thank you to Nick for putting that together. And thank you to all of our incredible title sponsors, Get Rich or Die Ryan. Agave ATX, Cyphus Training, Turf SES, At Team Blackjack, Michael Maves, Gordy's Army, At Talking Autos, Olivia Evans, TelemetryDeck.com. Now I'm I'm wondering what all these people dressed up as for Halloween. You didn't dress up for Hmm. Halloween, did you? I did not, know. I phoned it in. I went to Spirit Halloween about six hours ago, and I bought one of those dragons that looks like you're riding a dragon. You, oh yep you know like the a classic it's like the alien that is stealing you one as well yes. like you just it's just like a it's got a fan in it and yeah super easy made the hands were free so i could have the corona all that it was great stuff <laughs> who knows how all these people dressed up ftc james andrew perla adams drew stewart bailey foot abdullah Althani, jason chadwick abraham getchell the space above us podcast probably dressed up as an astroneer Astronaut. Sorry, I, I play video games too much. <laughs> too Ast- many went video straight games. to Astroneer. Dollar Sign, Sniggs, Alex Goucher, Max Voltar, Circuit Demon. Probably dressed up as a beautiful pair of custom lights. Uh, Troy Stammer, Umberto Roca, William Rumpf, Irvine Clinical Research. Probably dressed up as a liver or something. Lachlan the Madden Man, Jason Kelly, and M Squared Racing welcomes Ellie. Babies are fun. You get to dress them mm. up in whatever you want. We dressed up our daughter in we the first year I think she was a chicken and then we wore <laughs> me and my wife wore dungarees and we were chicken farmers. It was a uh, Got it. Nice. It was a good time. It was a good time. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh all right. Well, um let's jump right in here. Uh Danny, let me know if my microphone seems a little hot here. I, I thought I was peaking a little bit in the beginning. I, I turned it down. You sound great. Maybe um, you're just excited okay. because of all the candy you've been eating. It may be, yes. Um, so let's run down the grid here. We actually, you know, we have a lot to cover here because we got uh, we got Brazil to talk about. Um, so I'm just going to get to it. Charles Leclerc on pole. Yeah. Here. Uh, the only repeat pole sitter in the last 12 races at this circuit. Oh, Pretty that's crazy. Stat. Yeah. 11, the last 11 before him were all different. That seems particular. It doesn't seem like a track that would create that type of scenario, but I guess... You know, I, I think you, you might be right, but also it's that weird, it's the altitude. Yeah. Uh, Verstappen, you know, only qualified third, uh, Carlos Sainz in second. He, he chalked it up to the Red Bull just not being as good as uh, in the thin air. It's one of those kind of outlier tracks, right? Yeah. Like uh, Singapore is kind of an outlier, like very yeah. hot street circuit, super humid. 
um, very tight. This one's just real thin, like it's just uh, different from all the others. Mm. Um, fourth place, Daniel Ricardo. Yes. Making his uh, triumphant return to Mexico. He was in the car last week, but you know, this is this feels more like a Daniel Ricardo that we know. Yeah, for sure. Um, fifth place, hometown boy Sergio Perez uh, will line up in fifth. Behind him, Lewis Hamilton, Oscar Piastri, George Russell, Valtteri Bottas, and in tenth place, uh, Joe Guanyu. Both Alfa Romeos in Q3. Um, Joe by the skin of his teeth because Alex Albon just barely missed out because he qualified into Q3 but had a lap time deleted yeah. for uh, exceeding track limits. Uh, I, I saw the replay in real time and it was like, oh, no way, he didn't. And then I looked at it on YouTube and, oh, yeah, he totally <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he does so well, though. Albon, I think, is like, when, whenever we do our end of season recap, he's been solid in quality and solid in racing. Like, I think he's he's one of those drivers that that has just, I don't know, he's really found his pace this year. I think it's been a, a fantastic year for him. Yeah, agreed. Uh, 11th place, Pierre Gasly. Ahead of Nico Hulkenberg celebrating his 200th Grand Prix. Um, no big deal, but this is our 250th episode. It Hulkenberg. is, right? Um, Fernando Alonso, 13th place. Uh, Alex Albon, 14th. Um, he and uh, the driver just behind him, Esteban Ocon, both starting on the hard tires. Everybody else, um, except for Norris, is going to start on mediums. Kevin Magnussen, 16th. Norris is down in 17th. Uh, the only one starting on soft tires. He and some other drivers... Uh, like Stroll and Sargent got caught out in Q1 by a rare spin from Alonso yeah. in the waning moments of the session. Um, so Sargent didn't end up setting a time and races at the steward's discretion because technically there is a rule in the rule book that says if you don't set a time within 107% of the rest of the field, uh, then you can't race and that's back when like cars actually did qualify <laughs> yeah it's yeah <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's kind of one of those rules that like they they only <laughs> they needed a, it was like a, it's like a i don't know like a like a rule in case there's someone they don't want racing <laughs> you know which hasn't been the case in like 20 right. years in f1 you know what i mean like somebody who's yeah or at least shouldn't yeah. be there basically um yeah so they they, they yeah. have, ne have never enforced it in the modern era at all uh, Sunoda is uh, 18th. Uh, I think if you like, if you showed up with like a real lemon and it just could not go around the track and would be a danger, I, yeah. they might, they might, they might it. actually yeah. do it. Uh, maybe like that'd be funny. I think Williams may have been in danger of that a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, back in the Kubica uh, yeah. years, maybe at the end of the tail end of that. Yeah, I, I maybe if somebody brought an upgrade and it was just particularly dogged and it just they just couldn't operate or maybe they do it but yeah or they did something weird where like this car is dangerous right? yeah i don't know uh yuki sunoda 18th he um i don't think we really saw a representative qualifying time for him he um he didn't really qualify well i, I don't know if he actually set a time not sure what was going on there maybe he got cut out again with that alonzo mm. thing uh he's 18th sergeant's 19th and stroll is 20th um those last three also uh had a bunch of um or at least Sunoda and Stroll did had uh, power unit changes uh, or park Fermi changes, right. rather. So Stroll's from the pit lane and Sunoda's starting from the back of the grid. Um. So Danny, do you want to take us through the start of the Mexican Grand Prix? Sure. I mean, I guess 
there's a, a conversation about Max Verstappen uh, and his inability to get the the top time and how that was instantly irrelevant uh, by the time they got down to the first turn. Um, although perhaps the same positivity cannot be uh, uh, put on his teammate. So when they got off, both Red Bulls had a good start. I don't know if both Ferraris had a bad start, but definitely the Red Bulls seemed to be able to get that grip a little bit sharper. And in the second phase, especially Perez had a great um, charge. By the time we get down to that first uh, right-hander on this uh, counterclockwise circuit, a familiar sort of setting for a lot of uh, Formula One races, this um, sharp right-hander. Um, by the time they got down there, Verstappen had basically secured the front and also the inside line. So he was happy. Um, Leclerc is sitting in the middle, and then you have Perez doing an outside line, which seems, if you look at this in isolation, like perhaps maybe not the best idea. This is actually where Verstappen got the lead in 2021, was going around the outside here. So it is viable. But also, we might be in a situation where, was it the sprint in Qatar, I want to say? I forget where this happened. Either the sprint or the race. This was with Hamilton. The, no, 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 no. You're saying Hamilton Russell. So that I think that was the main race, and I think the sprint was the one we saw with Gasly, somebody, and Perez. Was it Hulkenberg in the middle or Magnussen? Hulkenberg, I think. Oh, yeah. Do you remember okay. where yep. where where there was a the person on the outside does not realize this is three wide situation. Yes, and I think that's what happened here. Maybe is. Perez, who maybe. maybe arguably Perez should know where his teammate is because he's literally come up from behind, but he's at, so he's attempting to go around the outside three wide on this turn, and it's just not going to happen. There's there, there's not going to be a lane where he can continue to keep at pace with the with the Ferrari and, and make it through, and the sort of inevitable happens, and he turns in. He actually does turn in fairly early as well. I sh- I think you kind of need to on this one. It's a bit sharper, but uh, yeah, he he fully just gets like launched off the back of Leclerc's rear right. I think rear left. I think it was, and uh, yeah, it's his. Leclerc's front left. Front left. Hits uh, Perez's rear right. Yeah, and his home Grand Prix. It's like, and we'll talk about it later, I'm sure. But like, in many ways, Perez saved his career with these insanely good um, races, both at home and in other places uh, at the end of a season. And we're in a situation where Perez is in danger of throwing away his career. Um especially with the resurgent Daniel Ricciardo, which we'll we'll get to in a little bit. But it was just, it, this is not a race where Perez needs to get track position to try and get in the top three. Like, they're, they're going to get it, probably. And he, it just seemed particularly aggressive and unnecessarily so. Um, what? I, I, I mean, you look at it and you're like, like watching the onboard, uh, I, I kind of get, I, I feel what he was feeling like, oh man, I just nailed this. I can do this. Right. I can, I can, I've seen the replay of Verstappen doing this. So Julian Palmer actually has a really good uh, breakdown of this on F1's oh, YouTube cool. channel. I'll link that, I haven't checked um, that in the show notes. Uh, but he, the difference is that Verstappen is, he does the same move at the same corner and he's going around the outside of two other cars. The difference is Verstappen is, 
like breaks really, really late and is all the way in front of the car that he turns in in front of. Uh, Perez starts the turn and Leclerc is just right there. Like his uh, Leclerc's front left just crunches right into Perez's side pod. And that's really, uh, I think, what what did his car in. Um, and Perez said afterward that he didn't expect Leclerc to break that late. Oh, So he, he thought that Leclerc was going to get out of it. Um, and Leclerc, you know, pole position, defending against Max Verstappen, not backing out of it. Uh, and he didn't have to, you know, it's the, the rules do not state that he has to do that. So, uh, Leclerc did have to cut the corner as a result of that contact. Um, so he gives the place back to Verstappen. Leclerc right. also had some front wing damage or yeah, why don't you finish off the first lap here, Denny? No, no, no. I think that that's, that's fair. I think he, yeah, he got past him. Perez did actually continue. It should be mentioned, but when they got him back to the pits, um, I'm guessing it was the side pod cause it did get pretty torn up, but, yeah. although also maybe the floor. Um, I'm trying to think who was the biggest loser. I know in the restart there was there was a lot of action further back, but I'm, I I don't I can't remember. Did Hamilton have a good jump, or was it did they all just move off a place because of Perez sort of bowing out? I think everyone moved up. Fernando does not have a good first three laps. It looks like. Oh wow. Um, man, what a Hulkenberg had a great start. Oh really? Hulkenberg made up four places. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Just behind, yeah, so Leclerc does have that front wing damage. Fortunately for Ferrari, it works its way clear of his car after a short while, meaning that the stewards don't have to call him into the pits oh, for safety reasons. Um, no meatball for you. And, what's that? No meatball for him. No meatball flag. That's right. Mm. Yeah, no black and orange. Um, just behind Verstappen and the Ferraris, must be said, Ricardo fighting to keep fourth place from the attacking Hamilton. Um, Ricardo tangling with Mercedes cars uh at multiple times during this race really really cool to see he manages to hang on for about 10 laps until hamilton gets him with drs on the main straight uh meanwhile ricardo's teammate sunoda tries to get magnuson at the same spot uh and locks up having to bail off the track this is you know you can't always just compare two drivers uh, on the same team like it's this is, but it's really hard in situations like this where it's so stark. This, I mean, this was. Do, a, do you know what I mean? Yeah, this was. Like, a, I don't want to. I don't want to be too cruel about this, yeah. but like, it, <laughs> the difference in this race was one hundred percent. When I was watching it, I was thinking, "Oh, we're not used to seeing an AlphaTauri there." And then I would scan down to where Sonoda was, and he was often. I think he was in nineteenth for a lot of it because, like, obviously, he, he just had a. Terrible, terrible qualifying, you know, and it wasn't his fault. Like the Alonso right. spin basically like ruined quality for like five or six people, right? So, so it's not his fault. Um, but it was one of those. I think by like lap thirty, he was up to twelfth or eleventh or something. So he had, he had made it up. But, but it it we often talk on this podcast about like the whole, especially with new listeners or new viewers of the sport, rather the, the whole you know machine versus driver thing and when you can notice it and the biggest problem with f1 is that all, the machines you can only really judge two drivers off them so like perez and verstappen is actually a really good proxy for oh the rebel's a good car but also verstappen is an incredibly talented driver that's why there's this gulf between the two of them um you know hamilton and and, and bottas is probably another good one uh but it is really cool seeing how much ricardo is getting out of this car and just well, that's my question. Is is his great performance in this race 
representative of his skill solely, uh, or does it have an outsized effect in this race? Or is the fact that Tsunoda just had so many unfortunate things happen to him <laughs> yeah. that it makes Ricardo look really great? Because there's one other thing that we'll get to. Yes, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. It's a real bummer for exactly. Tsunoda. My answer to that right now is we don't have enough data, but... If this was the, this 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 race felt like the political like the race equivalent of a swing state as it came to like the argument about the Red Bull second seat like it just felt like ooh a lot happened here and I think yeah. the narrative for the next two <laughs> no three we've been to Lagos Vegas and then Abu Dhabi um races is going is going to be that and and it was that that's that's where Perez got his saved his career from from uh ending and and we love a narrative and in, in, in sport and the narrative right now is probably going to be is that regardless of how unfortunate Snowda was or not you know yeah and i mean all these guys have uh you know except for sergeant have a, a contract for next year um but we know how much that means to red bull yeah exactly yeah yeah um Let's see here. So Verstappen, uh, lap 19, he pits, effectively committing to a two-stop. And then we get some Ferrari radio telling their drivers that, yep, we're going for a one-stop, which is surprising because they, they usually say it in code, like, we're going plan A. <laughs> but they were like, listen, we're, listen, we all know. Everyone knows. Yeah. The signs. They, they figured stop. out our signs. It's World Series now. We'll just, That's right. you know, yeah. we'll use the... Banging on... Yeah. <laughs> trash cans. Trash cans. they just use microphones um, they just have little do you know that with the batters now they just use like ear, they have like little ear things in their caps instead they just talk to them which i think sucks that's great yeah i don't like it. i don't like it at all <laughs> if they no it should be okay but like f1 the most beautiful sport in the world they should broadcast it there you so go we can hear it nice um hamilton extends a little longer pitting on lap 24. Mm. The real strategic outlier here in this race is Norris, who started on softs and pits on lap 11 Hearts. after making up a few stop uh, spots on um, or with those soft tires. Go, goes to hard, and by lap 29 is attacking Botas for ninth place, uh, getting by him on the outside as they head into the stadium. Lot of really good Norris moves. Uh, in this race. Yeah. And a few laps later gets Albon for eighth on the main straight with DRS. Uh, the Ferraris don't pit until lap 30 with signs and uh, 31 with Leclerc. And while signs does have a fast stop, he comes out behind Hamilton who pulled off an undercut by pitting earlier. But uh, who knows, perhaps that Ferrari one stop would have worked if not for Kevin Max. Yeah, what happened next? Exactly. It it felt like one of those races that was going to come down to the last ten laps. It was it was such a, a an up in the air tire battle, tire wear battle, mm -hmm. um, and then yeah, Magnussen's crash was one of those red flags. It's a weird one. And then it was a weird. No, it was a weird one as well. You're right. So something failed, right? I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't read about it. Looked it like afterwards. left rear suspension. Yeah. Um, after going over a curb at turn eight just propels him straight into a wall. He gets out of the car quickly, um, but boy, does he look shaken. Yeah, he's lucky maybe it's it twisted slightly before he hit the wall, so it seemed like a lot of the energy happened at the rear of the survival cell, the monocoque, and 
but it just made the car i mean the car was just blasted i think the rear yeah. left was on fire as well by the time they mm-hmm. presumably the brakes or something by the time he got out um but yeah it was a safety car and then they they red flagged it fairly quick and then um what i was most surprised about was that we have we we saw them do the thing that they seem to have been reticent to do which is let's do a standing start again like yeah. I can't remember the, the you know they they brought that rule in was it last year at some start of last year and we had a few of them but then we had these dangerous standing starts so there was a reticence then to do it with the cold tires mm-hmm. and everything and especially in weather I think we had a couple of weather ones that freaked everyone out yeah uh, so we were doing a lot of like safety car starts and then just let them go but they decided to do it which I thought was cool to see i think it's a better spectacle of course safety is important but i do i do think like especially in a race like today where the start of the race actually ended up being very important for for where track position was for the first phase of this race i thought it was cool to at least sort of roll that dice again totally uh so at the at the restart here we've got and you get a free change of tires uh free pit stop effectively um so it's it is a basically a restart of the race. Verstappen first, Leclerc second, Hamilton third, then Sainz, Ricardo, Piastri, Russell, Sunoda, Hulkenberg, and Lando Norris in tenth. Uh, you want me to take this start, Danny, or you want to take it? Yeah, I mean the only thing. So it seemed like there was a lot of jostling for the first four or five cars, but they ultimately ended up all going yeah. through in the order they 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 should have done. Um. Ricardo had a good start, though, right? Yeah, uh, he by turn one is into fifth place. Um, I'm sorry, it's Russell that has a great start, okay, from seventh to fifth. Uh, but Ricardo uh, doesn't really make it easy for him. Um, oh, that's right. They had a bad little fight between like, ter- like I think Russell got ahead, and then Ricardo kind of tried to snap back on turn two, and then Russell kind of had yeah. it by three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, it's great, you know. You want to see at least some fight instead of just like, oh, I just passed him because <laughs> like it's faster, <laughs> you know. Um, but it poor Norris has an atrocious oh, yeah, start, just gets completely swamped by the midfield and drops down to 14th place from 10th. Um, and will basically spend the rest of the race working his way back mm. up. Uh, Hamilton in um, third on medium tires, lap 40 has caught the hard tire shod Charles Leclerc and makes a gutsy pass, nearly going onto the grass on the main street oh, and uh, taking second into turn one. He dips a lot of the right side of his car into that into that grass. He didn't need to either. There was space, but he just sort of did it. And it felt very dramatic. But every time they do that now, ever since that uh, Danny Ricardo Melbourne start, do you remember that where he just chewed up the... He had a drain. Oh, he ate his front wing? Yeah, he just, like, yeah. the whole thing got banjaxed. Every yeah. time I see a car hit the grass on the inside of a straight, I always think that's going to happen. But, yeah, it was a it was a great overtake. Um, Well-earned. And and that Mercedes was looking racy. And the longer the race went on, the racier it seemed. Yeah. You know, the, the other, and this is to my point, the other Alpha Tauri of Sonoda also looking racy, hmm. battling... With Piastri on lap forty-eight, uh, they they touch tires as oh they go through turn one, uh, staying close all the way through to the the stadium section. Uh, but uh, we can't have nice things. 
Sunoda pulls a move remarkably similar to Perez, actually, uh, albeit with only only the two cars. Turned in early. Connects with Piastri, no. spins himself off the track, uh, which may prove especially costly for the team uh, at the end of yes, the season yes. if those points he had turn out to have made a difference in the constructor standings. Two of them in the top Just kind of like a... Yeah. yeah, like a, like a, wait, why, why, why? Why is a good point. A move. You'd think yeah. once bitten, twice shy would apply here, but it was once bitten, twice. Why? Why, why did, why did you do it? It felt like, if it, why? If, if, why? It felt like he got away with it. It felt like both of them in a way got away with it the last time. Whenever you see tires touch, you're like, ooh, I'm glad no one's, no wishbones broke. You know, no, nothing happened. We used to, we used to have a lot of, I feel like the, the front wing to tire puncture thing doesn't happen nearly as much as it did about 10 years ago. You had these little whisker touches on the tires and they, they got flats. Um, I don't know if that's the case or not, if they're more robust or whatever, but it, when, when you see that little action they had on lap 48, you think, okay, all right, lads, like this, there's an overtaking spot here. It's not the trickiest one in the world, but just like bide your time. Presumably, Sonoda's not chasing down his teammate. You know, he should just like focus on this one. There's, you know, whatever, 20 laps left. Less actually, right? 20, no, no, about 20 and change. So to see him do that just seemed nuts. Like in the same way Perez, it was like, you don't need to do it. Like, or I, I don't feel like the wear was happening at that stage. Like, they were toe to toe. Everyone had had a relatively fresh set off the restart. Like, it's not, it's not like there's some crazy strategic moment where you really need to have have it happen here. At least not from my recollection. And it was just disappointing. It was just like, I feel like especially with like drivers like Sonoda and Piastri, where generally we kind of want them to do well. It was just disappointing to see it. And yeah, Sonoda was on the radio pretty pretty fast just generally shouting i don't think he was even giving out about oscar necessarily <laughs> yeah. i think yeah. he was just super pissed and he got he got gobbled up there was because i think alban and norris were not that far behind him i think did hulkenberg get passed as well yeah and no, he goes from eighth place to 16th oh boy god they all did yeah yeah, yeah not much of a, a bit, i wonder if we had a bit of a dr strain thing happening here because there, there was a they weren't that close, but there, there, there wasn't this massive gap. I guess the restart actually nullified it. That's probably what it was. We didn't have the, uh, the other McLaren of Norris is making moves left and right yeah. uh, by this time, getting by Albon again for eighth on lap 49. Uh, McLaren then swaps positions with Piastri uh, on lap 56 to put Norris into seventh and go after Ricardo. And by lap 60, Norris has caught Ricardo and executes probably my favorite pass of the race on the outside as they head into the stadium section. And you've got to wake up pretty early in the morning to outbreak <laughs> Daniel Ricardo, but Norris, or uh, yeah, Norris does just that and gets up into sixth yeah. place. It was it was beautiful. Um, and you just love seeing those two fight each other. Like it's a, that's a good time. Um, especially because like, I don't know, like, like, we have to assume that Norris is in the better car there, right? It's not, it's, you know, it's, I, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see, frankly, but, you know, it was, it was weird watching these Alpha Tauris battle with, you know, Mercedes and McLaren and stuff. Yeah. Um, it was cool. Uh, seven laps later, Norris is attacking George Russell and Russell has just the slightest loss of traction <laughs> And Norris pounces on yeah. him with another great move Lovely. and moves into fifth. Great little overtake. Yeah, another sort of break early, get you to any inside move. Um, 
yeah, really nice. There was a lot of there was a lot of great little overtaking moments in, at the end of this race. Um, and then an unfortunate spin by Stroll, but I think kind of nice for all those stadium people. You know, they need to get a little bit sure. of action. You know? Hey, well, yeah, we'll smoke. <laughs> um, actually, just before that Norris move, I thought this was interesting. He got a message from his engineer saying, we know what Russell is like. He's all or nothing. So we just have patience. Jesus. Like after he'd overtaken him? No, before. Oh, okay, okay. It's <laughs> <was> like yeah. <laughs> a bit of postscript on that. Wow, okay. Wow. That's interesting. I and I, I wonder what the the dossiers look like <laughs> on for the, each driver. Oh, for like their yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. You I mean, you know this like from uh, the game industry, like <laughs> yeah. certain PR people will have a file on the press. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh yeah. Hot it can be wildly Don't, inaccurate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Only plays PC games. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh my god! Um, yeah, I wonder yeah. what do they say about? Do they have that? Wait, do do you think uh, F one teams have dossiers on Formula One podcasts? What do they say <laughs> about? What do they say about us? Don't yeah. know anything. Don't know, Don't know. virtually anything. No, full of, full uh, of candy and half cut. <laughs> uh, I did also want to call out Ocon on lap fifty four, calling his shot like Babe Ruth, saying over the radio. You can say to Haas that I'm going to go for it, so they better get ready. What? I, I, I 100% missed this. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Sadly for him, Hockenberg defends well on that particular move. <laughs> wow. But he got him eventually, right? Because uh, the, the Alpines were both ahead of um, Hockenberg by the end. That is true. Yes. So it happened eventually. Wait, Did am I know. crazy? Did the Alfa Romeos have good qualifying? Uh, the F- yes, they uh, uh, qualified ninth and 10th. Yeah, I was surprised by that and then equally surprised when they plummeted. <laughs> mm. Maybe not surprised, dismayed. Maybe I was just like yeah. full of this optimism. Um, but I guess- They we, pulled a Haas. It's, it's tricky, right? Because you, in the past we had bad, we had teams that were just not doing very well. They were at the back. Like Williams were just like not really doing it and they were at the back. Whereas now everyone's kind of doing all right. So even the team that's like doing all right, but not doing all right, doing all right the least ends up being in the back. But, you know, Williams. It is nice to to not have it be a given that a certain team is going to yeah, be in the back. that's true. You know, because we had that for a long time with Williams, with McLaren. Yeah. With, you know, cars like Manor and Caterham and stuff. Yeah, there's a little like, bit of movement there. Even the Haas and you know, Haas have had a fairly, you know, off and on season, but like they've been on for a decent amount. It was nice to see Alpha, Alpha Romeo do decent in quality, but obviously it wasn't there for the for the race. Well, uh, the race shook out like this. Max Verstappen, 16th win of the season, which is a record. Uh, Lewis Hamilton in second, and Charles Leclerc, his fourth podium finish of the season mm-hmm. uh behind him carlos Sainz uh in fourth and then lando norris in fifth uh only two places off from getting five podium finishes in a row wow which way to go mclaren um yeah he he said uh after the race uh once i put it all together uh, i'll be back on the podium so you know um seems like he uh, the team was like, all right, nice job, fifth place. And he's like, yeah, I would, I, you know, <laughs> screwed up at a lot of places. So, um, sixth place, George Russell, seventh place, Daniel Ricardo, eighth place, Oscar Piastri, ninth place is Alex Albon and 10th place, Esteban Ocon. 
behind them, we've got Pierre Gasly, Yuki Tsunoda, Nico Hulkenberg, Zhou Yu, Valtteri Bottas in 15th. Uh, Logan Sargent, technically a DNF, although he apparently was only called in at the last second and couldn't take the checkered flag due to a technical issue that they were managing over the last few laps. And I just feel sorry for the guy. Cannot even finish a race. Wow, that's wild. I missed that too. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Lance Stroll, Fernando Alonso, Kevin Magnuson, and Sergio Perez, all the DNFs. Um, Hamilton, fastest point. Her fastest lap. Yeah, which is, which is interesting. It, it, I mean, obviously, you know, low fuel loads at the end of races, you, you tend to sometimes get that He stuff, was on the medium tires as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would have helped. But that Mercedes has pace, you know. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Upgrades. At least uh, in this uh, weird <laughs> thin air. That's true. Uh, and that is it for the race recap. We are going to take a break, and we will be right back with the news. And we're back, Danny. Spooky O'Dwyer. I was doing. I was doing some. I know. Yeah. Witchy, witchy boo. What's your Halloween handle? uh, My Halloween handle is that? Do I have to change? You know how everyone changes their their names on the socials. The easy one was Danny Boudwyer because I just had the O sitting there the whole time. You know. You can't. You can't do that. I'm Boo Scanlon. Oh, that works better though. Yeah, you're right. Boost Cannon. <laughs> Danny, Danny, what would you say? Nothing rhymes. Dwyer is like, literally, I was, I could not, I had no nicknames. But Danny though. Danny, Danny, it's like, Scanny, Scanny, Fanny, Granny, 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 Tanny. I don't know. Send them in. Great radio. Podcast. Great radio. Yeah, it'll be timely too. Um, uh, all right, a couple quick hits on the news story. Uh, literally, Jalopnik uh, oh, yeah. has an article here. F1 television camera helicopter hit by National Anthem fireworks at U.S. Grand Prix. This is the one thing they didn't want to happen. Please don't, don't do fire explosives at aircrafts. General aviation is as dangerous enough as it is without involving fireworks. Come on. That's true. It's very true, Danny. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, so have you seen the have you seen the the like is it an Instagram video of this? There is, it's yeah. There's a video that hilarious. I'll link in the show notes because it's um, not like it's not like one firework was sent up, one wayward firework went towards the helicopter. It was like the helicopter right. was was sitting in the exact area where all the fireworks were gonna go. Yeah, so, and it's like it's like pulling back, like oh no, and then <laughs> oh boy, and then you hear this like ding. Where it like it got rattled. Yeah, it it there's like a metallic ping. Uh, it, it sounds it doesn't sound real. It sounds like someone ADR'd it in, and it's I don't know it's the internet. Maybe they did. Yep. Uh, there's like yeah. a whole like oh we're getting out of here. Yep. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, Don't do that. Yeah. I I wonder how dangerous that actually is. I feel like I should know this, but um, it's probably not that bad. Like what? It's, well, it's probably not good. It's, probably, is the yeah, thing. it's not. Yeah. Nobody wants to introduce projectiles to things that are flying, you know, in the same way that like a, a wayward screw doesn't seem like it's that big a deal until Felipe Massa's head is driving towards it at 130 kilometers an hour. And then it becomes a problem. So in the same, you know, I guess helicopters aren't 
least you're not going fast, but like at that high, the issue with choppers there is that like choppers can right themselves if you're high enough, right? They can do that whole little thing where they get the rotors turned back, but like auto rotation. Yes, but if you're that, I remember Ty Roosh, uh, ex uh, uh, colleague and friend of ex ex friend, friend and ex colleague <laughs> of ours um, uh, at CBS. Uh, his his job before he worked in the games industry was he is a was a camera op on a on a chopper for like news reporting like yeah, yeah yeah and he said the only thing that he he they took off from an air force base every morning and he said the only problem he said helicopters are super safe the only problem he had was that they flew super close to the ground so if yeah. anything happened you didn't have enough time and that's obviously they freak me out man yeah it ain't natural you don't want to see it you don't want to see it yeah god made airplanes Satan made helicopters. <laughs> yeah, hey, look, as long as, just don't, if you're flying either, just don't go take mushrooms and don't sleep for two days. That's all I'm saying. What? Did you not see that Alaska Air story? Did you miss that? Oh, wait, is that the guy that <laughs> tried to crash it? Yeah. That's what happened? Yeah, he was just high. and Well, he wasn't really high. He took mushrooms 48 hours beforehand, but he was, he hadn't slept in 48 hours. He oh, He literally shouted, I'm not okay. Threw his cans across his head, his headphones across the cockpit, and then pulled them. Yeah, he was just like oh he was just having like a, me- just a mental completely out of it. Episode, Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, this has been the aviation <laughs> minute. <laughs> hey, look, pl- planes are just F1 cars turned upside down. Very true. For cousins. Did you see uh, um, uh, Driver sixty one on YouTube? Uh, is attempting to do it, Danny. He's attempting to drive an f1 car on the ceiling oh my god yes the down he goes through yeah he goes through all the technical stuff how they're gonna do it you know uh whether you know they're gonna build a tunnel or they're gonna rent a tunnel like what car they're gonna use the math all i need is funding okay this I've seen this before, <laughs> brother. Do you remember? Do you remember when Tony Hawk did the the loop de loop on Jackass? That's what this feels like. Where it's like, yeah, and they also did um they did a loop de loop with like uh with rally cars. Okay, like that has been done, right. but it's just a it's you know it's momentum. It's not downforce. Exactly. It's a different. This thing. one he's he's gonna try to drive it upside down for five seconds. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, I'll uh, I'll link that in the show notes as well, so you can watch his uh, explanation of how how they're going to do it, how they would do it if they got funding. You got one shot with that. You don't don't throw it away. There's no do. There's no do overs. Mom spaghetti. Oh boy. Um. Best of luck, driver sixty one. Yeah. Also in the news here, Mercedes technical technical chief is, is he from tech- chief technical tech? officer. Blame Danny for the late hour. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Mike Elliott has departed uh, the Mercedes F1 team. Uh, this is uh, just another quick just update here. It does not sound like anything out of the ordinary. His contract uh, came to an end or is coming to an end later this year, and he has already stepped away from the technical director role uh, in a job swap with James Allison. So he's just decided that now is a good time mm-hmm. to uh, step aside and move on. So Yeah, 10, ten um, years at... Uh... At, uh, at Mercedes and, and, and 20, 20 plus in the industry. I think mm-hmm. he can, he can sort of, yeah, 23. Yeah. He can bow out after a while. That's, that's, those are some innings. You know what I mean? It's a, 
especially these days. I, I do wonder if we're going to see more of this with just the number of races as well. You know, you know, this season obviously is the most we've ever had. And yeah, although I, I wonder, Mercedes, they seemed to do the same sort of thing with um, uh, James Fowles uh, when he was kind of like they, they transition these people out. They don't just fire them or not fire them, but they don't just, they don't just leave. Right. right. Uh, they seem like, I don't know. It, it's, it's smart of Mercedes to, to treat it like this. Do they have like sort of a continuity, right? Like, uh, the, the outgoing person steps aside, but is still with the program, like there for the new person to, to learn from, mm. I guess. Um, I don't know. Just seems smart. Um, all right. That's all the news. Not a lot going on, especially because we're, we're back-to-back races here. So let's just jump right in to Brazil. Yes, let's Danny. do it. To auto drummer Jose Carlos Pate. Interlagos, as most of us know. Um, you should know, though, Carlos Pate is a, a famous Brazilian, sorry, I should say Sao Paulan uh, driver um, who uh, unfortunately had his life cut short, not in, a, in an F1 car. Although in a particularly rough year, seventy-seven, there was a number of deaths actually in F one. Um, I think he, I think he passed away. Hopefully not on November first. No, no, I think it'll come up. But um, yeah, Tom Price had his crash at the South African Grand Prix that year, and it also I remember Marshall uh, was was uh, was yeah. Just those were the rough. There are documentaries and movies you can watch about the tail end of that whole era where uh, oh, where a lot no of thanks. that stuff was getting televised, and I think we ended up. Um, changing a lot of things but unfortunately he he, he did lose his um uh, life and uh, uh uh was i guess interlagos has been sort of named after him um uh, as a as a result he had also won the race i believe in 75 i think fitapaldi had won a number of the races before then so it's sort of Interlagos came into being during an era where Brazilian drivers were really at the forefront of the sport. And obviously, it has happened again later with with Ayrton Senna, and we've we've obviously had Brazilian drivers, um, you know, since then and prior that that have also been at the forefront of the sport. But I mentioned Carlos and 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 Emerson to sort of just explain, I guess, the the time in which this circuit came in because we think about Interlagos as like this foundational. F1 circuit. Uh, it's actually, you know, quite a bit older on the the calendar when you compare it to things like Silverstone or you know Spa or things like that. You know, or a lot of the European ones, especially. Um, and when it was actually built, a lot of the elements of it were were taken. It was kind of like a Franken track, like Austin. Um, there was a, a couple of elements like Brooklands um, in the UK. Some of the uh, turns taken from there. Uh, apparently, the Roosevelt Raceway. <laughs> there were, were F1 right I'm not sure if even F1 race on that but that was had some uh, um, elements taken uh, and put into Interlagos as well which is funny because Interlagos seems like one of these incredibly unique tracks like it was built in Sao Paulo in this sort of um, like a hillside with a bowl on the inside and you have this incredible like start finish straight which is at the top of the hill apparently the place to get seats here is in Grandstand A which is basically the end of sector three, right? When the, when the start finish, at the start of the start finish straight, because not only can you see the straight, but you also see down the hill and you can see loads. You can mm-hmm. see that whole like little sort of st- arena in the middle of, um, 
of Interlagos as well. Uh, there or Grandstand M, which is at the end of that start-finish straight, which is where the uh, appropriately named Senna S's are. Um, I don't know if they're named that because Senna did a great overtake there. I don't know if they're named that because Senna starts with S. I choose to believe they're named that because when he eventually won Interlagos, I believe that is where his car stopped, where they had to pull him out because his arms were completely like locked. Do you remember? the? Yeah. I think was it he was stuck in sixth gear for the last five or six laps or something. Right, and so you said to muscle it around. Yeah, and he was just like he an hour they or pulled him out of the car as a as a as a winner of that race, which again I think considering the Brazilian champions they'd had and the Brazilian winners of Interlagos they'd had in the seventies, um, I think there was a bit of a gap there, and that was obviously um super important to them. Uh, it's four point three kilometers long, two point seven miles, incredible atmosphere. Um. It's not a particularly affluent part of the city, so you tend to get, like, it has this sort of, like, real soccer stadium vibe to it. I've always sort of uh, accompanied it to where, I don't know, the, I'm guessing the tickets to it now are incredibly expensive, but, like, it always had this feeling when you watched it in the 90s that it was sort of like the everyman's F1 race. Like, people were on top of, like, buildings nearby watching the race. You know what I mean? Like, like that type of vibe to it um uh yeah it's uh in terms of the track itself it, it's incredibly unique um it, it has two straights it has the the main one on the star finish straight which actually happens the drs opens before a turn which we tend not to have but this is such an interesting it's like kind of uphill and cambered so they have enough downforce where they don't mind that they open up the drs as they're turning um the Senna S's on turns one and two, uh, and then exiting three down to turn four, you have another straight. So there's an overtaking opportunity there as well. And then just like a really cool, like little go-kart track basically stuck in the middle of this, um, the middle of this, uh, this circuit. Uh, it also has had like soup, like loads of moments this for years before Abu Dhabi was built, before we were, we were racing there. Uh, Yas Marina, this was, growing up for me at least, this is where the F1 season ended. So that we had loads of um, fantastic uh, race, uh, season-ending races here. And um, the one that we were most recently talking about was was Hamilton's uh, eventual win the year the crash gate happened, where um, it looked like Massa had won the championship until about four seconds later. And then Timo Glock sort of had a bit of grip trouble on turn 13 and Hamilton ended up winning it. Um, so it's just, it, yeah, it's it's a really special track. If this is your first time watching Interlagos, it's uh, it's one of those ones we talk about where the camera angles really will let you know where the track is. Like you'll you'll learn this one by watching it on television. Um, super support, uh, super supporters in Brazil, uh, a fun track and often leads to interesting races. We've had weird weather here before as well. It, it's a part of the world that tends to get a, a rain shower here and there. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what true has to say next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, before we get to the weather, I, I love this track for how much character it has. Mm. I think every sector has, has its own character and it's just, it's, it's comprehensible to me in a way that a lot of other tracks aren't like <clears throat> the first sector, you got the, the twisty S's, right. Um, and then in the, the, the second sector, it's these tight, uh, turns where people can attempt crazy moves like uh, Lewis Hamilton on Alex Alba. Oh, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then sector three is this like crazy 
multi-apex, gigantic, like swooping uphill climb yeah. to the start-finish straight. Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's one of those places that, like you said, Danny, just has a lot of history to it, and uh, you never really know what you're going to get. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the height thing there. I think what happens in F1 tracks a lot of the time is unless it's like i don't know something like austria where like the helicopter shots are so obvious or spa where like it's so obvious that you're going downhill here and you can sort of anticipate that you're probably going up here the sectors here are so obviously like sector one is you are going downhill sector two is you are in the like gully of the hill mm-hmm. and sector three is you are climbing back out of the like it's so obvious by the the shapes of the turns and, and you also alluded to that you know that that this weird the sector two, the sector two in a way just feels like like when we look at these F one maps if you've never looked gone to like F 1s website or or just googled like circuits and you see where all the the turn numbers are Interlagos is a stadium that is fifteen turns it could have ten turns it could have thirty turns. The the sta- the little section in sector two especially has so many multi apex turns that it is like impossible to tell which line you should properly be taking, and that's why you end up in these like super interesting go kart like sort of like you're ahead, I'm ahead moments. Where mm-hmm. is somebody going to close the door? Um, uh, yeah, and and drivers really like it here. I think for that reason, you you ju- there's just a lot going on, like an uphill turn with a camber and like a downhill. T- like where's the grip? Is it on the front right? Is it on the rear left? Like, where am I, where am I, you know, holding on to the power here? And I think it's just, it's fun for the drivers, but also it leads to really interesting races and it's just a gorgeous stadium to look at. Like, out of, there's so many F1 tracks that I think if they, lo- if, if you lost one of these, I would feel less connected to the sport. Interlagos is like top three for me. Like, it's just, yeah. there's something about it that feels so grassroots and like, um, important and we we had a, I remember in previous years Drew you talking a lot about they were trying to move it right because mm-hmm. presumably this is a money thing right trying to get it out of this part of Sao Paulo which you know and there's a lot of like political I'm sure we have Brazilian listeners who will tell you a lot about and I've never been there I know you, you've you've uh, uh, filmed down there and stuff and you, you've talked about the culture and stuff but I know that there is a there's a lot of like intercity sort of like Rio versus Sao Paulo and that type of thing and and where the money is and where it, where it isn't and I think like this is such an important race to F1 and it's obviously really important to sort of Sao Paulans as well that um, uh, it'd be a real shame if we lost it and it seemed like we might a couple of years again and I'm glad that it's 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 still here in 2023 yeah I was looking at the calendar I think my top four of like this is these are F1's tracks are this one Monaco, Silverstone and Spa. I might say the same. I might say the same. My, my only, a lot of the tracks in there I like, but like those just seem like foundational, like the historical foundation. My yeah. fifth would be Suzuka, I think. Or though it's yeah. hard though because Monza's right there. Oh god, my, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. But from a, the, yeah. the global part of the sport that makes it feel really special to me, I think Interlagos and Suzuka in, in particular feel very foundational that way. You know, if we lost those, it'd be like be like losing Blanca and E Honda. I know, yeah. When you're when you're cycling through the courses in <laughs> yeah. like you know uh, a Super Nintendo F1 game, you want to see that you know bounce around yeah. all, all the globe. Brazilian flag uh, might be the best flag in in like sixteen bit graphics. Brazilian flag might be the best flag. It just looks mm. cool. It's got that. Yeah, it does look cool. 
Uh, all right, weather, Danny. We it's going to be a hot one. Eighty-five degrees on uh, sprint day, or sorry, yes, qualifying day is Friday. Right. Because uh, we've got this is the final sprint of the season. Um, we're looking at eighty-five degrees Fahrenheit or twenty-nine Celsius. Ooh. Precipitation at qualifying time, 67%. Yes. A nice spike right around qualifying time. Beautiful. Uh, no precip. Well, okay. 4% scheduled for uh, the sprint day. Cooler temps as well. We're looking at 77 Fahrenheit or uh, 25 Celsius. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and even cooler on race day. Uh, Let's see, 2 p.m. local, 69 degrees Fahrenheit, 21 degrees Celsius. Boy, it really cools off, wow. and only 2% chance of precipitation. But as you said, Danny, this is sort of a, one of those microclimate areas, uh, a lot of strange convective action. Yeah. Um, so any anything can happen. Two things to say about that. One, very cool. I mean, the sprint, one of the most interesting things we've learned about the spring weekend is that they just don't have enough practice time to really figure out what they should do on race day. And I think... The changing climate is only going to exacerbate that. Second of which, I'm very interested to see what the next two races are going to do for tires. Because we have a relatively cool Interlagos, which is one thing. This oh, yeah. this Vegas race, man. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're not, if you're, like, if you've been, I've camped out in the high desert in the Mojave a lot over the past couple of years. Vegas being a night race in November, like, it's going to be colder than it's been with like yeah. even with rain like it's a different type of cold like i wonder what it's going to be like on a road surface like asphalt with like nighttime or heavy temps is vegas going to be like i don't know what happens to tires then yeah Do they just never get into their like their windows <laughs> right? what's gonna yeah, happen it's gonna be like ice yeah. yeah remember when they it was like five years ago or something they were doing testing in Barcelona and it's snowing. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. It was like a complete bust. Man, yeah. did you see there was a fire at the Formula E testing? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, they canceled that day. I don't I never followed up on it. Um Yeah, it reminds me of the time um they were going to do uh I think it was the the beginning of Moto E, the uh electric <laughs> I haven't heard about that Moto GP series. Yeah. Um and like right before their first event a fire like took out all of the bikes it's <laughs> all yeah like a like a bunch of lime scooters like parked yeah. at a charging station hey, batteries are scary man yeah take out your um, do, you, do you have an e what's it called e luggage do you ever hear that thing where they're like if you're checking e your e-bag take out your e-battery oh like an integrated usb battery yeah for your luggage, for your no. luggage, yeah, they're all about Keep that separate. Take bro. that shit out, man. Take that shit. It's not a yeah. Samsung Galaxy S. It could explode <laughs> at any moment. Uh, well, the drivers' championship could explode at any moment, uh, at least in places that aren't first, because Max Verstappen <laughs> has 491 points. Sergio Perez, though, is in second with 240. Lewis Hamilton in third with 220. Mm. There's a lot of races still to go, folks. Uh, Carlos Sainz is in fourth with 183, tied with Fernando Alonso. Interesting. Yes. Uh, Lando Norris in six with 169. Nice. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, Charles Leclerc (laughs) is in seventh with 166. That is a close battle as well. George Russell in eighth with 151. 
and then a bit of a jump down to Oscar Piastri in ninth with 87. Pierre Gasly's in 10th with 56. Mm-hmm. Lance Stroll has 53. Uh, Esteban Ocon with 45. Alex Albon with 27. Valtteri Bottas in 14th place with 10 points. Nico Hulkenberg's in 15th with 9. Then we got Tsunoda with 8. Uh, Ricardo and Joe with 6. Magnussen with 3. Lawson with 2. Sargent with 1. And Nick DeVries with 0. I'm finally getting the hang of Zhou Guanyu. Just and saying his, saying his name? Surname. <laughs> yes, even though it is listed first. Okay. Um, Constructor standings. Red Bull Racing has secured it with 731 points. Mercedes is in second with 371. Ferrari is in third with 349 McLaren in fourth with 256. Aston Martin in fifth with 236. Uh, Alpine's in sixth with 101. Williams has 28 points. Alpha Tauri and Alpha Romeo are tied. The Alphas. Mm. Uh, Gene Hobson team in 10th with 12. Sorry, the Alphas have 16 points. Uh, if you'd like to join the leaderboards yourself, you can do so in our Fantasy League. You can join using the links in the show notes from the Mexico City Grand Prix. The podium, uh, fantasy podium looks like this. In third place, sorry, Carlos. In second place, Logie Sarge's bear. <laughs> uh, is that a Yogi bear? A, it must be. Like <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell. Um, and in first place, I'm wheelie trying. Oh. Aren't we all? Well, you're you tried and you succeeded. Uh, but overall, the standings look like this uh, in third place, jumping up. I think uh, the standings. Uh, third place, I has no idea. Mm. And then uh, sticking in second and first, paying the stroll toll and Horner to the max. Mm. Uh, you can send us an email if you want, shiftf1podcast at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails. We haven't read so many in a while because of this triple header, um, but they'll, we still will have some opportunities before the end of the season. Uh, you can also hit us up on the socials using the links in the show notes. That's us around the internet. Should we take it around the world, Danny? Let's race around the world. Hey, hey, hey yeah. We got those Craftsman trucks at the Phoenix Raceway in Avondale, Arizona for the Craftsman 150. Beautiful. Uh, The NASCAR Xfinity Series Uh, race has already happened. I don't know (laughs) what is up with my... Wow, who won? What is up with my calendar here? (laughs) Uh, Okay, okay, there, there there is one still left. Uh, it is, it is also this weekend, the Phoenix Raceway, Avondale, Arizona, uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship. Mm. Don't you know? Um, the World Endurance Championship is at, uh, the Bahrain International Circuit for the eight hours of Bahrain in Sakhir. Uh, Super GT is at... (sighs) Mobility Resort Motegi. Mm? Mobility Resort. Yeah. That's what it's called. That's where you go to have like a good time having some mobility. Yeah. Resort. Like Wii Sports Resort, but Mobility Resort. Okay. I disavow that. It will always be in my heart. Twin Twin Ring Ring Motegi. Motegi. Did they rename it? Is that what happened? Twin Ring? Yeah. Mobility came in and big mobility. 
Yeah. With their money. Uh, it is in Motegi in the Haga district, mm-hmm. Tochigi Prefecture. Ooh. For everyone keeping score oh, at home. Oh, that's me. And we got NASCAR. Oh, my. Xfinity. Also in Phoenix. Mm, beautiful. For the NASCAR Cup Series Championship. Do we not name these anymore? No. No more sponsors. Motegi took them all. Mobility was going to sponsor us. And then they were like, Phoenix is too flat. <laughs> and we've got Formula One. Maybe you've heard of it. The Sprint Weekend kicks off Friday, right. November 3rd. Free practice blank. Because <laughs> there's only one. Free practice. Um, free practice. <laughs> uh, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2, followed by qualifying at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, also on ESPN2. Saturday... November 4th, the shootout is at 10 a.m. on ESPN2, followed by the sprint at 2.30 p.m. on ESPN Nears. And Sunday, everyone, November 5th, the race, 12 p.m. noon Eastern Time on ESPN2. The deuce. So handy. Three races in a row that just feel like they're at an easy-to-digest hour. And then Vegas comes along, and I just do it at nighttime on a Saturday, because whatever. 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 Uh, yeah, and that's what's going on this weekend. What has been going on in this on this day? Oh, in, in days, history, Danny. Days of your Drew mm. Scanlon on November first. Happy November to everyone. Uh, we take it back to first 1986 and then 1988. The year I was born in 86 after losing out on the title after a puncture put him out of the race in Australia in 1986. Nigel Mansell was once again in contention for the championship in 1987. His Williams teammate and title rival, Nelson Piquet, was 12 points ahead of Mansell going into the penultimate round at Suzuka on this day. Sadly for Nigel, a big crash on this day in practice ruled him out of the race, handing Mm. the title to Piquet. Now, if you think that is the most depressing title loss that I'm going to read out on today's podcast, you'd be mistaken. For all his talent, Michael Schumacher was not above the occasional lapse in concentration. Today, in 1998, Schumi stalled his Ferrari while on pole for a championship showdown with Mika Hakkinen at the final round at Suzuka. He had to start from the back of the grid, and Hakkinen drove off to win the race, and his drivers, his first driver's title kind of a damp squib that that final race in suzuka yarno trulli actually stalled first from like 16th or something and forced him to to do the start again and then shumi put it into gear and stalled and got sent to the back yep man yep maybe the maybe the worst no actually the crash with quiltard there is and then there's the other crash with hakkinen so i don't know Shumi's got a couple of, uh, you know, for all of his... Oh, I thought you were going to say the worst uh, championship decider race. It might be, though, because at least there's... Danny, 2021, buddy. It's right there. Oh, no, you're right. You know, I was thinking just the other day, I don't know if we ever properly commended you, because I remember the pre-race show for that race, (laughs) you, you saying... I just hope it doesn't end in a stupid way. You're right. You're right. I was just hoping Which is, you're right. And like I I know I knew exactly what you meant because it the whole season oh. felt like that. It did. It did. It was too 
you know what fe- <laughs> it felt very political it felt yes. very which side are you on right the crash right. at silverstone like, the, the, like, there was oh, the crash at um in in saudi arabia there was so many of these moments where you had to like pick a side and then uh, yeah, yeah i think i think we all felt going into yas marina that year that we just wanted the race to be won on merit like Clearly, both of these drivers were doing so well and kind of either of them deserved to win it. And like, it'd be great if Max won, you know, because it would have been the first time he won. And Lewis obviously won so many, but it was to be great for Lewis because he's fought so hard. And then, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't think I've ever yeah. recovered. I'm sorry to that. bring that up. The Speaking of Halloween, the, the specter of yeah, uh, exactly. 2021. Ghosts of uh, Formula One championships. Pa- Wait, that's Christmas thing. Sorry. Yeah, I get confused sometimes. Uh, Danny, final thoughts ahead of Brazil? I'm going to say the same thing. I feel like a broken record whenever we get to this stage of, the, stage, this stage of the, the season. I'm always saying, like, there's only a couple of races left. I always just enjoy them for what they are. And I think this is kind of a byproduct of maybe the year we've had as well as it has kind of felt like it's been over for a little while. Um, yeah. You know, especially if you watch other sports, F1 really feels like it's closing now because you've got, I mean, the World Series is kind of doing the same thing. But then if you're watching soccer and football, it feels like they're kind of getting up to speed at this stage. Uh, Whereas F1 is definitely quieting down. I do think the Perez-Ricardo thing, as much as like narratives are sort of made up in F1 for the viewer's sake, I I genuinely do think just considering how how Red Bull in particular have manage their drivers in the past at the end of a season I, I i think this might be interesting i think if ricardo puts in like two more races that are strong and perez buckles under the pressure we might we might see that happen i would be very surprised if that happened i i think more likely is like a mid-season next year yeah, kind of a swap. If we do, if Paris doesn't turn it around and ricardo keeps being good the, the big reason i think it might not is because i think they don't want to rustle the Verstappen situation, the driver number one situation. I mean, I, I don't think Ricardo was a driver number one at Red Bull, but I, but I do think the last time Verstappen had that fight was when Danny was there. So it's true. You know? Yeah. I guess we, we discussed that in the past. Like, do you want to kill the golden goose? Right. Or, or yeah. let, or, or have a, you know, Perez is almost perfect for them. He just needs to be a less bad second driver. And he's not really doing that at the moment. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Interlagos is a great race. I'm very excited for Vegas and uh, Abu Dhabi. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. Is a, is a fun one, you know, as well. Yeah. Well, if you would like to support the show and get access to all of our bonus episodes, the ad-free version of the podcast, and the official Shift F1 Discord, you can do so over at Patreon.com/ShiftF1. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. Yeah.